Robert, just so you know, you you caused this. This this is exactly what you asked for. <laughs> Robert leads into the show with, you never know, Corey and Chris could be doing this show with bags over their heads. Well, here's Chris Halleck. Looks like a Starbucks bag. It go. is a Starbucks bag. There you go. Oh, my goodness. I don't know no how this is going to do in terms me. of sound. You sound okay. <laughs> you look ridiculous. You sound okay. Hey, man. Whatever um, whatever gets the Southside people happy, man. Southside beat people happy. If there was a day for me to do it, I think it would have been Friday. But I'm going to refrain. I'm good with the bag on the head. I don't think we're at that level uh, just yet. No, because you know why? This is going to be a um, a solution-oriented show. Oh, that was the one for Mike Tomlin today. A good Monday afternoon to you all on this December 11th, 2023. Live at 3 p.m. as we are every Monday through Friday for the Southside Beat. He is Chris Halleck, who is now wearing his brown paper bag as a hat. Yeah. My name is Corey Christen with no brown paper bag. There's one on the other side of my... This is actually pretty stylish, man. Like With, with the handles? Yeah. There's uh, one on the other side of the camera for me. Uh, but it has items in it. It has Christmas items in it. So I cannot do anything about the the, ba- the brown paper bag that's within my reach. I have some in the kitchen, but I'm not getting up. So we're going to run the show as is today. And uh, obviously on a short but long but short week, it's like the mini buy, but it's still a short and mini buy. Uh, after the Steelers played Thursday, obviously a loss to the New England Patriots, which Friday's show had a lot of fire and fun and a lot of pop and sizzle, and I highly encourage you all to go listen until I bump my computer there uh, <laughs> to Friday's show for, for more of the reaction of uh, what happened on Thursday. And today was Mike Tomlin's turn to give his reaction to what happened Thursday. <laughs> Obviously, with the game coming up this Saturday, uh, Steelers at Colts, 4.30 Saturday afternoon, Everything's pushed up a day on the south side. So Mike Tomlin today on Monday, coordinators will talk on Wednesday, um, and then they will practice again Thursday in the limited kind of lighter capacity like they usually do on Fridays. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's an off day on the actual Friday so they could travel to Indianapolis for the Saturday game. So everything's pushed up a day this week, and that means Mike Tomlin on Monday. And it's a solution-oriented business, Chris, like you said. Yeah, that's what the Steelers are looking for. They want solutions (laughs) to what has happened in the absolute debacle that has been the last eight days here. And now the room for error is zero, virtually zero, which is insane to say, because if the season ended in this moment, the Steelers would be in the damn postseason. Still, the AFC is letting the Steelers back in by virtues of losses by the uh, by those Colts and by the Texans on Sunday as Chris lowers the bag even further over his head. And now face balls. I don't, There's I no don't, eye cut out, so he I can't don't, see through. I don't understand, like, okay, yes, like, there, there's definitely some, uh, no, they are not unleashing, whatever they're unleashing leverage, they are not unleashing hell. They're yeah. unleashing, uh, I don't know, I don't even have anything witty to this say This is a that. different kind of hell. We're at the threshold of hell. As, they're as unleashing solutions. Say, as Clark Griswold would say, we're at the threshold of hell. No, the, the 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 one thing that that really stood out to me about Tomlin's press conference today was was the, you know, George Pickens obviously you know throwing 
I'm gonna say throwing fits or tantrums or anything like that. Just being openly frustrated, like just really, really, really frustrated. Frank, re- really quick, hey, what it, you gotta you gotta be a really good team in order for it to be a trap game. This is not a good football team. This is not. Yeah. I've ch- I, I, I changed my mind on that like a couple weeks ago. I said it earlier in the year. I think I thought it was actually a, a, a pretty decent football. I wouldn't say good, but decent football team, average football team. It's not a good football team right now. Um, I said that last Monday. I gave my yeah. spiel on that. But no, the uh, yeah. So I mean, you got to be a good team in order for it to be a trap game. But yeah. no, the uh, the the thing when it came to what Tomlin said about Pickens, you know, throwing you know throwing fits or, or being openly frustrated. Was that the only reason? The only way it's a problem is because it's not solution oriented. Like he's not showing his frustration in a solution oriented way. That to me is like, like I get I get what he's trying to say. Like you know, get together. You know, you're frustrated. Get together. Try to come up with answers. Um, but man, alive, it's just. Uh, when when you watch this offense, and, and I I really don't understand. Like I, I don't understand because when you watch other offenses, yeah, I don't I don't have to study other offenses, and, and a part of me even is curious to do it, and part of me is curious. Like I don't want to do it because I don't want to see how much better certain offenses are than this one. Just it would make me sad. Um, but I don't understand like how they can run this offense. And when things don't work and they get more and more predictable every single week, because they they are, especially on possession downs, which is why they continue to struggle with those, especially against the bad teams who actually, by the way, still kind of have, you know, have good coaches like Bill Belichick. Probably you're going to be, you're going to be frustrated, man. Like you're going to be like, like I, I would get to the point like, like normally I'd be like, yeah, you got to find a different way a more productive way to be frustrated at this point. I'm like, dude, I don't even blame him anymore. I, I really don't. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's a terrible, terrible offense. Anybody who plays on that side of the ball has the right to be what Najee Harris was after a, a couple weeks ago, just flat out, just being brutally honest. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. Tired of this. Mm-hmm. George Pickens. Throw, I mean, essentially throwing temper tantrums almost like falling down on the field just out of absolute disbelief of, of things not being executed well. It's it's a terrible offense. It, it, it needs a complete overhaul, complete overhaul from the ground up. Well, to be fair, Mike Tomlin did not draft Mitch Trubisky, but I understand what you're trying to say. Um, yeah. The offensive struggles start. Okay, let's – we don't have to, like, do a whole thing because I feel like the whole season's been the whole thing about the offense. The offensive struggles started the second they decided to retain Matt Canada. And they continued the second they continued to employ Matt Canada throughout the first 10 or so weeks of this season before they finally said that's enough. And then when you're at that point of the season, you have to run that playbook. There's no such thing as redesigning or recreating or let's just, this isn't like a basketball coach with the whiteboard on the, on the bench drawn up, you know, X's and O's saying, you go here, you go here, you go here, pick and roll screen, run around, cut. That doesn't work like that. This is not the same thing. This is, this offense is a system. They call it a system because a system has to have many, many, many moving parts. And it's not like basketball, again, where you could just have a couple guys move around and then one Mm -hmm. guy could be a decoy. It's 11 guys moving in synergy with each other on certain 
wavelengths and with certain thought processes. You can't change all of that this late in the season. But one thing you can correct, and one thing you shouldn't have, as we have mentioned ad nauseum over these last couple of weeks, is the pre-snap penalties, is the Saturday-like and the Friday-night-like stuff that this team has done. It is Mason Cole throwing back ground balls to Mitch Trubisky. Like, Mitch Trubisky has to be Cabrian Hayes fielding him at third base. You can't have a snapper throwing snaps into the dirt and then expect Mitch to not have to recover from them every single time. There's going to be times, a la in the Cardinals game, where there will be a turnover because of that. And then, and then you talk about the receivers. And yes, they might be getting open on some cases. The quarterback's not seeing them. And if the quarterback's not seeing them, is it because of protection? Is it because the quarterback is not seeing them? There's many factors to this. The point is that I'm trying to make, there are so many different factors that are plaguing the Steelers' offense. And there are so many different things that this offense has still not corrected, even with Kenny Pickett healthy or injured, that it's it's so just impossible by this stage to overcome. And one thing, two things, really, that Mike Tomlin talked about today, and the title of the show is Let's All Relax on Mason. That's two different guys. That's Mason Rudolph and Mason Cole. Let's start with Mason Cole, because that's going to take the least amount of time, quite frankly, to talk about. He was asked about, Essentially, Mason Cole's struggles with snapping the football effectively and efficiently and whiffing them into the ground so so Mitch could field them like he's a third baseman. And look, Tomlin addressed that there's a snapper issue, and it doesn't sound like they're going to want to pivot at any point to Nate Herbig or Spencer Anderson over at center. This is a thing that Mason just kind of has to work through. Now, I don't know if this is a trend for him. I don't think it's a trend for him. But what I can say is it's a trend that's at least lasted two games. And that's concerning to me that he's getting somewhat of the yips with snapping the ball cleanly as simple as that. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a it's a sorry. I was kind of going through the comments here trying to, you know, uh, find some kids. You guys are (laughs) I mean, you guys are I mean, it's it's a Monday. It's a Monday. and It's still kind of a therapy show. So you guys are. (laughs) Monday was more (laughs) venting today. We're a little more collected. As it usually is, time is heals. Time heals. Oh my gosh, Friday! It feels like <laughs> last night. Last night, I, we got back from you know doing stuff at like seven mm-hmm. o'clock, and we pulled in the driveway. And like, man, it feels like it's midnight. Like it's that time of year where it feels like you're just like flying through the day. Like it's going to be dark in an hour and a half here in Pittsburgh. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Randy says your quarterbacks have such quick reads. We had the receivers. They just weren't seen. I hate to say it, but our quarterbacks need to see them and hit them. Listen, they're like, it is not just one without me going. I can't go into a full blown diag diagnosis of, of what's going on with the Steelers offense, because it is so many things across the board. That is one little thing about quarterbacks, not seeing or not reading concepts the right way. Now, that could be one of two issues or both. That could be quarterbacks not seeing it right. That could be they're executing it the way it's coached. Um, or it could be both. You know, they're trying to coach it a certain way, or the quarterback is, you know, still not seeing it a certain way. Like it, it, it that's just one little issue. Yeah. Uh, you go into details on routes. You go into details on on pass protections. You go into the lack of hot routes, or maybe even the complete um, non-existence of hot routes. We know we didn't have them last year. Pat Fryermuth uh, was on record on Ben Roethlisberger's podcast saying that. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not in the room, so I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know whether I know for sure whether they don't have any hot routes this year or not. But man alive, if there are, they are few and far between. I'm not seeing a lot of them. DeFran coming in with a $5 contribution. Appreciate it, man. He says, why can't why can't they just use Wiz's 2004 playbook and Arians' 2007 playbook? Force 200 yards a game. Defenses can't stop that four quarters. It's proven even with bad offensive line. The main reason why, DeFrank, is because the NFL that was is... 20 years ago. Yeah, the NFL is a completely different league now. 20 years ago. It's just a, it's a completely different league. You, you got to... I mean, shoot, the, the Steelers have a bad offense because they have a lot of outdated stuff anyway. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's kind of ironic because, you know... But appreciate the contribution to Frank. Yes, really, thank really you to Frank, which is kind of ironic because the way that people talk about Mike Tomlin in some ways, yes, he's been here 17 years by this point. And 17 years ago was essentially the Arians playbook, literally the Arians playbook. Yeah, no, and essentially yeah. the Wizenhunt playbook. So, mm-hmm. like, the, chew on that one, okay? If we're sitting here saying, no, Wizenhunt's playbook is way outdated by this point, no, Arian's playbook is way outdated by this point. Matt Canada's playbook is outdated. Yes, but <laughs> maybe use that same logic with Mike Tomlin. I mean, that's, that's yeah. you know, with Mike Tomlin. Um, I like this comment here from, uh, by the Norseman. My brother's a Colts fan, and we need to do exactly what they did. Clean house, new offensive head coach, and a quarterback, and restart. I mean, it's worked for the Colts. It's worked for the Texans. It can work when the right recipe is there. And in a grand scheme of things, the right recipe is not in Pittsburgh right now. Mike Tomlin is not the right guy for Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's not the right guy for Mike Tomlin. And also, this the the offensive coordinator obviously wasn't right for either. It wasn't right for anybody, in fact. Mm. So, like, the Tomlin discourse is a whole other topic in and of itself because the contract situation being – what it is as it expires after 2024 mm-hmm. combine that with what do you do with Pickett in terms of pulling the plug or continuing to press with him combine that with it's not out of the realm of possibility that Mike Tomlin hires an offensive coordinator for next season and then is no longer the head coach of the team the year after that it's not out of the realm of possibility that that's the case and that that that's kind of what makes me wonder is art is art Rooney the second actually considering firing Mike Tomlin. Um, I don't think he is. Uh, again, it, it breaks precedence here. And now Steelers have already broken one precedent by firing Matt Canada in the middle of the season. So I, I'm not going to say that it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but if you are going to decide to make a change, um you might have to actually go full-blown change, especially if you're going to try to become a more offensive team, which would be going different. Coming in with another contribution, 10 bucks. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, it. He said, uh, you're saying defenses are better than the 05 Patriots, 05 Ravens and Patriots defense. Okay, Arians won the Super Bowl literally three years ago. Same offense, ask Byron. Again, concepts and playbooks evolve over time. It's not the same exact playbook as it was like however however long ago and again you know like players are playing different linebackers don't play the same that they did in the mid 2000s corner cornerbacks and safeties don't play the same way that they did in the in the mid 2000s quarterbacks are different uh they read defenses differently everything about the game is different than it was 15 20 years ago 
Uh, it doesn't mean that there can't be some similarities. Of course there are. It's still football at the end of the day. You know, it doesn't matter if shallow cross was executed in, in, you know, the West, the West coast offense, or if it's being executed in 20, you know, the old school West coast offense, or now in 2023, it's still the shallow cross concept, but there are certain ways to disguise it. There are certain ways to do it. They, there are not it, playbooks are not identical to what they were 20 years ago. Right. Um, so I, I, I'm, we're not going to continue to focus on, on just, on just one thing from outdated thing. What, what we need to be doing in terms of what we think, okay, we want to talk about solution oriented. We need to be talking about what can the Steelers do to try to become a modern offense, right? That's getting receivers, catching the ball on the run. Um, yeah, I, but, but you know the Frank saying pick plays or pick plays. Chewing clock is you know you know chewing the clock, but the run is chewing the clock again. There are different ways to do it. It's not it's not one catch all thing. All right, moving on to the next Mason. Torres says Mason is the best quarterback on the team until they realize this and quit treating him like a dog. We aren't going anywhere. Torah Mason Rudolph is not the best quarterback on this roster. You <laughs> can easily sit here and say that because you haven't seen Mason Rudolph throw a football this year. Okay. Again, I will do this for the third week in a row. Let's lay everything out on the table. Okay. Fat, rewind to 2019. Even 20. Let's go to 2020. Actually, let's just go to 2020. The Phantom 11 and five, right? And then they blow it at the end of the year. 2021 happens. Mediocre again. Ben retires. Then you think, okay, let's go. Like, what are we doing? What What's the move here for quarterback? And and meanwhile, by the way, I will again reiterate my take. And I firmly believe this, and I've said this, and I've been consistent with this. Ben Roethlisberger retired two seasons too late, but that's besides the point. 2021 draft, or excuse me, 2022 draft comes along after Ben retires. The Steelers have options on the table, right? They have options on the table. Reminder, they signed Mitch Trubisky before the draft. If I, if my memory does serve me correctly, Mitch Trubisky was signed before the draft. Mason Rudolph was already on the roster before the draft. What did the Steelers do? They evaluated the position and said, neither of those guys are good enough. Neither of those guys are our future. Draft the kid, draft the pit kid first round. And that's what they did. Okay. So they draft the pit kid first round who, who just was a finalist for the Heisman. Mind you was just a finalist for the Heisman. His offensive coordinator is the guy that recruited him to play college football at Pitt, Matt Canada. Okay. Fast forward. Here we are, off-season 2022 into 2023 this season. Mason Rudolph tried to leave. Why did he try to leave, Chris? Because he wasn't going to be anything more than QB3 in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Why is that, Chris? Because he's not good enough at football to be anything more than QB3. He's so bad that the Steelers paid Mitch Trubisky to be to my brain's knowledge, the second or third highest paid backup quarterback in the league at a crisp price. So look, that's not me telling you that Mason Rudolph's not good at football. That's Pittsburgh Steelers front office telling you Mason Rudolph is not good at football. They don't think Mason Rudolph is good at football. Mason tried to leave to get a contract to become a backup quarterback. And do you know how many teams passed up on him, Chris? Out of 31? 31. 31. Yep. Wow. Imagine that. 
So you mean to tell me, not, not you specifically or anybody specifically, you mean to tell me that the guy that was already in the building to back up Ben Roethlisberger four plus years ago, mm. who was passed up on for another backup quarterback that got paid to be one of the highest paid at his position, plus a guy that got drafted in the first round, not second round, not trial quarterback in the fourth round, first mm-hmm. round pick on a quarterback. You mean to tell me Mason Rudolph's better than those two? Come on. Yeah. Cut it out. Cut yeah. it out. So, okay, I go on all that to say this. Today, Mike Tomlin was asked the Mason Rudolph question. And Mike, Mike Tomlin's perspective is that Mason Rudolph has not had enough in-helmet experience in the year 2023 to open up a competition between him and Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. And and listen, like, I I said it in my chalk talk piece on on DKPittsburghSports.com if you haven't read it yet. Honestly, at this point now, if Kenny's healthy, Kenny needs to be the quarterback. Not only because he's the best quarterback on the roster, but because – he's the most important quarterback on the roster. You need answers with Kenny, whether they're the answers you want to hear or not, you need answers. I agree um, with that. Yeah. Mason Rudolph is not the answer. No, and that's not. not me telling and, and you it. No, that's them that. telling us this at multiple stages. I know that. And, yes, and, and I'm just re- putting that there. Right. And it really does. What I'm trying to say when it comes to the other three quarterbacks that are on the South side with, between Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph and Trace McSorley, it really doesn't matter. no, it really doesn't matter because number one, number one, it it, it does not. It, it all right. This offense is not quarterback friendly. It's just not. No. There are nowhere near enough plays and concepts called that give them easy layups for positive yardage. There are too many routes ran out of static formations. There are too many mirrored concepts. There are too many plays that are easy for defenses to diagnose and don't give the quarterback a lot of options or even natural progression reads. That's the best way I can diagnose the Steelers off issues on offense Mm -hmm. in a very short amount of, in a very small amount of words. Okay. That, that, that it's just, it's not a quarterback friendly offense. And so what can you go with? If you can't have Kenny, go with the guy who can at least, at least get you yards with his legs, which Mitch can do, and yeah. at least every now and then throw a pretty decent football. Right. Lyle, by the way, Mitch was signed to be a bridge yes. quarterback. Mitch was signed to be a bridge. Let's not forget, they drafted Kenny Pickett first round and then benched him. Well, sat him, I guess. You can't bench a guy that's never started. They sat him. For four games until they decided enough was enough, and they played them, you know, week fourteen or week four of twenty twenty two halftime against the Jets. So, Mitch was signed for that money to be a bridge quarterback, and then he re-signed to be back here as the backup. So they gave him a lot of money to be a starter, but then he became a backup, and now he's you know as the status as being one of the highest paid backups in the league. Uh, JP asks, are quarterbacks dumb, or the or the offensive coordinators, or both? Uh, I there's no there's no full 100% blame when, when the offense is this bad. There's blame to go all around, uh, but I do believe this is more coaching than it is quarterbacks. I, I I really honestly believe that because I mean shoot, look at the offense between Kenny being in there and Mitch being in there. Now is it a little bit better when Kenny's in there? Yeah, it is. You know, and I, I earlier this year I said that it really 
is kind of a wash, and I'm kind of over that now. I've seen at least enough from both Kenny and Mitch where I think Kenny gives a little bit of an a little bit better of a, of, of an edge, a, 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 at least a you know from a competing standpoint and being able to execute plays. But it's still not. You don't see anything like drastically better or or drastically worse either way between Kenny and Mitch right now. It's not like Mitch went out there and threw three picks and had a 40 com- 40% completion percentage. And it's not like he also went out there and torched the Patriots defense. It was still a pretty underwhelming performance with very underwhelming quarterback play, which was more of what we've seen from Kenny recently before yep. he got injured. It's All it's right. a systemic issue. It's not more of a, it's not a, as much of a player issue as it is a systemic issue. It absolutely is. And by the way, and and much many of the comments have said this, and I'll agree with it. Okay, Mason and Mitch are not the guys to be backup quarterbacks on this team or on any roster right now. Like there are better options out there, and it might be so easy to sit here and say, "Well, Joe Flacco's doing it for Cleveland." Yeah, he's in a good system out there. Mm-hmm. Hello, system. System, system, system. System is the word. Put any good quarterback or any quarterback into a good system, and they will do good things because the system is good. Anyway, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, real quick. And we're going to spend a lot more time, I think, tomorrow, Chris, kind of expanding on once we get more knowledge of of what's going on with those two. This could be bad. (laughs) TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are in the concussion protocol via Mike Tomlin. Highsmith, we'll start with Highsmith again to get him out of the way. Highsmith uh, sustained a neck injury, left immediately, did not return from a neck injury, and then it was announced later on, I believe it was Friday they announced, that he was in the concussion protocol. T.J. Watt, we know the play. He got kneed in the mouth. I mean, it looked really insane. It looked like almost like an MMA kick to the to the mouth. Um, got, got hit pretty hard in the mouth and, uh, you know, came out of the game. Now, it has been told that he was tested for a concussion. Mike Tomlin said today he assumed that was the case and that was what and, and that TJ was you know obviously cleared to go back in. Yeah. And then the question comes up of well he wore a tinted visor after he came back in. Did you know about that? And Mike Tomlin said no I did not know about that. So as of right now the Steelers aren't in any kind of water uh, with respect oh, yeah. to the NFL, with how they handled TJ Watt. But it's a little sketchy right now because he sustained the hit, got cleared to come back in, played, what was it, three quarters of football? Because that happened in the first quarter, if I remember correctly. It was the first play of the game. That's true. It was the very true. first play of the game. They played three and a half more quarters of football. And then on Friday morning, we all get the press notification, TJ's in the protocol. So... Dicey situation with TJ Watt. It's a cleaner one without with Alex Highsmith because he was ruled out almost immediately. Yeah. But with the TJ Watt situation, it, it's a really sticky one. Now, nothing has come down from the league. There's no word on whether anything's going to come down from the league about it, but it's going to be something to monitor at least over the next 48 hours with respect to TJ Watt. Yeah. Um, so Hodge brings up a point here. Hodge 3115 brings up the independent team of doctors are responsible for this. No longer the team. Uh, this is failure across the board here. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this, this should be, this should be. Yeah. And then Zachary brings up another one. It's uh, also the smelling salts too. So TJ was trying to use smelling salts to 
for whatever reason. Why they're even accessible? That that's a, that's a question. Why are they? Back. Yeah. Why are, why are they accessible? Like, why do you need smelling salts to play? What's wrong? That's a legitimate question. Um, why do you need a tinted visor to play? That's a legitimate question. If it's, is it light sensitivity? You took a blow to the head. You're having light sensitivity. I don't care what the concussion concussion test said, or or you know what the results were based off of what you tested. Light sensitivity with a blow to the head in the game, concussion symptoms. You're out. You can't play. Yeah, it, 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 it should be that easy. And especially in 2023, with the knowledge that we have, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to that I'm a doctor, that I went to medical school or that I'm some sort of registered nurse or whatever else that has anything to do with uh, practicing medicine. I, I, I am nowhere near qualified to say that. However, there are certain things that are just common sense. The dude got his bell rung. The immediate, the moment he got hit, he laid on the ground for s- several seconds. He got his bell rung bad, bad enough to, I mean, TJ Watts about as tough of a du- tough of a dude as there is on the football field, just about every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he laid on the ground for several seconds. He's needing smelling salts to get his, to get, to collect his wits or to, you know, be able to play or have his, all of his senses working and everything like that. He needed a dark a tinted visor for whatever reason. It's, it's an issue for what, what, whichever doctors said it's okay for him to play. It's on them, whether that's the team doctor, whether that's an independent doctor, it's on all of them. It's it's yeah. a failure across the board. Yeah. Joe, it's salt. Come on. He says, maybe it's not salt. Come on. This is 2023. This isn't back in the day. Let's calm down on that. Look, when you have this situation, and I don't care who the player is. I don't care if it's TJ Water or if it's guy 53 on the 53 man. You have to prioritize his safety. You have to prioritize his health. You have to prioritize mm-hmm. his well-being. Yes. And all, all players. I vehemently agree. Lack of just attention, lack of care. Mm-hmm. It's a failure across the board. And if there's long-term damage, damage is the right word to use too, I think. To TJ Watt's well-being, his mental health. We've, I mean, didn't we just go through Frank Wycheck's passing? Yeah. Didn't we just right? go through it? Yeah. 52. Didn't we just go through it? Didn't we go through Junior Seau and how he passed? Mm-hmm. And there's other examples of it. Mike okay. Webster is the first known. I mean, everybody know everybody in this chat probably knows who Mike Webster is. Yeah. This isn't a Tomlin thing either, by the way. No, it's not. It's this not, is a... not a Tomlin thing. So nope. don't make it. Tomlin does Robert, not have. I don't have, know if you're doing yeah. that here, but it's not a Tomlin thing. Yeah. Tomlin merely gets the information mm-hmm. from those that are on the sideline. One of the last, mm-hmm. one of the last people to to blame for this. Yes, Tomlin gets the information. So if you're going to blame anybody, you're blaming the league. You're blaming the independent doctor. I actually you're blaming the people that tested him. I actually think that's why Tomlin so often, anytime he's asked about a player in the concussion protocol. He says every single time I'm going to yield to the, to the, to the experts on that one. Yep. Because he like, literally, I mean, first off, he's correct in saying, just like I said earlier, he's not going to pretend to be a doctor. He's not going to pretend to know when a player is getting close to, um, you know, getting close to, <laughs> you know, clearing concussion, everything like that. This yeah. is on the, this is on the doctors for saying he's cleared to play. He's not cleared to play. 
D Frank, this is independent medical personnel. This is a yes. team medical personnel at this stage. When it gets to that level, when you get evaluated for concussions, it's an mm-hmm. independent neurologist. Yep. There's no like Steeler personnel doctor because think about this. Okay. It's part, it's part of the NFL's policy. And this is not just mm-hmm. a Steelers thing. This is across the league. Yes. I mean, think of, think of it this way. Okay. If TJ Watt was experiencing the symptoms that he did and he was able to go out and play, do you really think the team doctor would say, nah, man, sit out. We're good without you. No, a team doctor would say, get your ass back in there. Yeah. This, this has to be. This is why the NFL underwent so many different changes with respect to head injuries and concussions and neck injuries yeah. is because there's a, there's shady operation going on around them. And now this is at the level of independent neurologists is on site for these games. And uh, Steelers Lee says, so the Steelers shouldn't be in trouble for this. That's not to say the Steelers shouldn't be in trouble for this, but it's it's still someone on the team. In fact, it's it's completely on the team for this one fact that he got back into the football game. Yeah, that I mean, he was that he would he could be cleared to play, but they could still have a responsibility to put him back in or not. And if he was yeah. cleared to play, they're of course going to play him. Yeah, it's it's uh. Again, it, it, taking in all of the evidence that we can see now, granted, we're 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 looking in hindsight. Even but even then, like watching the game, you know, I saw the the close up of him, you know, with the smelling salts. I'm like, man, I haven't seen players using smelling salts in, like forever. Yeah. And then you see the dark tinted visor. You're like, okay, that why is he wearing a dark tinted visor? Yeah, at night. Like, yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's just it's curious. And so, you know. If if all that stuff happens, does it even need to get to the independent doctor? Now it's probably part of the. I don't know this for, for sure, but I'm gonna, I think, safely assume that I think it's part of the process. No matter what, that if somebody's being evaluated on the sideline or in the blue medical tent for a concussion or concussion symptoms, that an independent neurologist is going to be part of the evaluation process, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so, again, all of the doctors that had a, a, that played a role in that whether it's somebody whether it's a doctor employed by the team or whether it's an independent doctor it's a it's a failure it's a failure he should have never gone back into the game um and and the thing is is that like here we uh, last year we deal with the situation with Tua this year we're dealing with this now now this obviously isn't as scary because it's not like you know TJ was like in a fencing position or anything like that it wasn't after he got hit. or anything on the yeah. The so, but still like a, a concussion, regardless of how severe it is, is still a concussion. It's still brain damage. It's still one more concussion than he could have had. And, and if he's concussed and playing, how many other blows to the head did he take that made what happened worse? What if, okay. What if he takes that blow to the head doesn't play the rest of the game, wakes up Friday morning, and he's fine. No, I don't know that. I, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know. I mean, he but could have cleared clear protocol by today, for all we have known. Yes, but w- what if he didn't play that rest of the time and didn't repeatedly take other blows and slaps and whatever else to the head? Yeah. Uh, but we don't know that now. Right. Because he did play the rest of the game. And if you're already concussed and playing a football game, you're going to take going to can take that repeated damage to the head. And that concussion, which might have been might have been mild at first. Now, I'd even argue that because he took a, a human knee to the jaw. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Again, this is just a this is a failure across the board. 
Yeah, and this is going to be a storyline that my we dog's follow. getting into something. I got to be. Right. I'll be right back. Go ahead. I'm going to sign out real too, too real quick. This is a situation that's going to be monitored all week, regardless of whether he clears or not. If if there's anything that comes down from the league to the Steelers, this is going to be a really important thing to keep an eye on over the course of the week, not just for the status of TJ Watt. Obviously, that's the most important thing but also for the procedures that were followed and, and maybe a clearance of did the Steelers act appropriately. Again, it's fishy because he plays at 8 o'clock football game that ends at 11.15, 11.30, whatever, and then 12 hours later, 13 hours later, he comes back into the building and is, is in the protocol. And Hodge, I need you to know this. Hodge says, I've read he skipped post-game interviews because of a migraine. So... I DK and I go down. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I didn't even think of this until you brought it up. So DK and I go downstairs to the locker room area, to the press conference area. DK goes into the press conference room. I go to the locker room. There is a PR staffer from the Steelers that tells us every t- this happens every time after a game. So and so and so and so and so and so are going to podium. Locker rooms open. So in this case, as we're walking into the locker room. We're told 10, 90, and coach. Okay? So Mitch Trubisky, TJ Watt, and Mike Tomlin go on a podium. Everyone else is open for business in the locker room. Now, I remember people huddling around Cam Hayward's stall to go talk to him. But then he goes to podium, and TJ doesn't. So we were told that TJ was going to podium, did not go to podium, and Cam Hayward went in his place. So I want that to be noted, and I'm glad you brought that up, Hodge, because that was something that that red flagged me in hindsight when I read, you know, the other day and heard the other day he was going into the protocol. So that that was an explanation of that. And look, if that's the case, he was experiencing migraine symptoms, whatever. Then okay, good good thing he didn't talk after. But why was he allowed to play? So this is going to be a thing that we follow all week on many different levels. Chris, you're muted still. You muted. Unmute. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be talked about all week. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, it's gonna be a topic of conversation, not just uh, amongst uh, amongst Steelers fans and Steelers Twitter and all that kind of stuff. It is going to be uh, uh, this is gonna be a, a topic of conversation, uh, especially if the NFL like if it's reported the NFL launches an investigation into this, um, and if they do, of course, you know, and Jordan says it right there. Um, uh, you know, it says I'm sure the league is looking into it. They, they probably will, and if they yeah. don't, shame on them. Uh, yeah. Honestly, you know, regardless of what happened, what could happen to the Steelers in terms of punishment or anything like that. Uh, the the the, bot- the bottom line here is, is that they absolutely have to put player safety first. They have to, regardless of what happens to teams, what happens to doctors, what happens to independent doctors. Um, this is got this has got to be a. Uh, this is this has got to be priority number one is keeping the players safe and making sure stuff like this does not happen every year. Which you know here we are, you know, had it ha- happened last year with Tua, yep. happening this year with with, with TJ. Steel King, just, Steel I'm, King, I'm you're proving my point in a way. Steel King says justifying Rudolph can't play by citing Steelers franchise quarterback decisions. Those are bad decisions. Tomlin didn't draft Trubisky. He bought him and handed him QB one than two. Rudolph is better. If Mason Rudolph was better, why did Mike Tomlin bring in Mitch Trubisky? Answer that question for me. You answered it for me. Tomlin didn't draft him. He bought him. 
He handed him QB one and two. He wouldn't have handed him QB one and two or signed him in the first place if he didn't think that he was better than Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Just read um, the. T- I'm, this is, folks. This is not complicated stuff. I, I think the anger point, and and like the disdain for Mitch Trubisky, and like the fascination, and and this is this happens all season. This has happened all season. It happens every year. The fascination of the next guy, mm-hmm. instead of the fascination of the current guy, right? Even with the inside linebacker situation, it's still like, well, isn't Carolina's practice squad guy better than Pittsburgh's practice squad guy? And by the way, now the Steelers are in that situation with Carolina's former practice squad guy, Blake Martinez, starting on Thursday <laughs> alongside that other practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. Aren't, aren't they in that situation? This There's is, such a fascination with the next guy. Well, this and is what I happens when you have all those all those practice squad guys having to play because of injuries. Um, Mike, the, the issue is that Mason's not good. I, I, like yeah. I, I can't spell this out any. The, the issues Mason. He doesn't have a personal issue with Mason Rudolph. If he had a personal issue with Mason Rudolph, yeah. why did he bring him back when he didn't yeah. have to? Yeah, he could have brought mean, in. Come on, could have brought in anybody. You don't have to bring in a, a guy who knows the system to be QB three. You can bring in anybody. Mark, that's a fair point. He says Tomlin's judgment about quality quarterbacks can't be trusted. That's a fair point. But these are the quarterbacks that he's trusting. These yeah. are the quarterbacks that he has. So. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is that hard, people. Jared with 499. I appreciate it, Jared. Just because he thought that doesn't make it a reality. Mason was better at camp. I saw it with my eyes while I was it's there. It's training camp, though. It's training camp. It, it is. And it's preseason. And, like, there's only so much evaluation. And, look, it's also business, too. Paid, he paid Mitch Trubisky a lot of money to be a bridge quarterback. The yeah. Steelers did. That's true. I mean, And yeah, they're going to pay the guy to play. There are different variables that go into it. Uh, my uh, final thought here. Um, I had one, uh, well, there was a comment here. That was going to be a good one. I'm trying to go back to it. Um, Oh yeah, here we go. Marcus Taylor says, sorry, Steelers fans, dark times are coming. Um, they absolutely can be coming. Yeah. If welcome to reality, if there are not certain things done, because here, here's the reality of it. The Steelers do have, Regardless of you know what you think, the, the you know the Steelers do have some good players, some really good players on defense. Obviously, TJ Watt, arguably the best defensive player in the league. I'd probably just go ahead and say the best defensive player in the league. Alex Highsmith, really good edge rusher to compliment him. Cam Hayward still playing good at, at, at an older age, not quite what he used to be, but still a really good player. Uh, a couple of really exciting rookies and Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton. Obviously, the best safety in the league in Mika Fitzpatrick. Some good players, but it's also, except with the exception of like Benton and Porter, it is an aging defense. TJ Watt is probably getting closer to the end of his con- of, of his career than he is, you know, than, the start of it, or either that, or he's kind of like right in that, right in that, in those prime years. He's and, more than fifty yeah. percent done with his career. Let's put it that way. Um, but you know, Minka is kind of in the same boat. Like, there's only a few years left, or maybe two, three years left, in where they're going to be the absolute, like at the absolute top of their game. And then they could still be a really good player for another five or six years, but maybe only another the next two or three years they're going to be like T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and like though like what you think about when you think about those guys. And that's it. Yeah. So the defense is aging. The offense a lot younger, but. They're 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 literally a, a crew without a captain. Yeah. Uh they they have no guidance, they have no system right now, and they need to get that answer. 
if if they don't get this offensive coordinator hiring right in the offseason, yes. Yeah. I'm talking 1980s into the early 90s, maybe even worse. This goes back to what I it said Friday. Terrible. This goes back to what I said Friday, okay? The Steelers are the anomaly, okay? Do you know how lucky you have to be to have your quarterback and head coach in place for as long as they have and had and did? It's impossible. It's nearly impossible. It doesn't happen. This is pro sports, okay? There's fluctuation all the time. There's there's the roller coaster of being really good and then falling off and then being mediocre and then you're really good again and then you fall off. There's there's a roller coaster. There's a cycle to all of that. The Steelers have been the anomaly. They've been on that consistent level on on some level, right? Mm-hmm. When you have Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger in place for as long as they did. You're going to win. You're going to be a winning organization because you have the head coach and the quarterback figured out. And I'm going to I'm going to f- wrap up here my thought with what B. Phil says and coincides with what you say, Chris. It took a 6-10 and ten season to get Ben. Mm-hmm. Remember the clip when Mike Tomlin faced the Redskins for the first time, yeah, or Washington, I guess, yeah. with Chase Young? And what did he tell Chase Young? We don't stink bad enough. We don't lose enough to get a guy like you. Yeah. Well, guess what? It might take the Steelers going four and thirteen to get a guy like you know Caleb Williams or Drake May or one of these high-profile quarterbacks in the draft. Like, let's not forget they drafted Kenny Pickett as the first quarterback off the board, but not many people were high enough about this quarterback class coming out of it as it was, and yeah. those people were right because that quarterback class is awful. Yeah. So look, it might take. I'm not saying zero and seventeen. That's that's drastic. It might take a five and twelve or a six and eleven to go get the next big thing, to go get the next big quarterback. And by the way, you still have to have the right head coach and the requisite offensive coordinator in place. That's true. It's, it's true. so hard. Like, And again, okay, I'm, I could say this with confidence. It, it's a, it, Mike Tomlin said fat, sassy, and spoiled a couple months ago with what he wants his fan base to be. That's what this fan base was for, for the better part of two decades. Mm-hmm. Fat, sassy, and spoiled. And it doesn't happen across all fa- all all pro sports, and especially the NFL. So look, if the dark times are here, and the dark times are that they cycle through quarterbacks, and they cycle through head coaches, and they cycle through coordinators, that is the majority, the back half of the NFL. That's the majority of this league. Yeah, that's reality in the NFL. That's what yeah. that is. Sam, Sam, the the Steelers won't ever purposely tank. They no. will not ever purposely tank. They, but if they go six and eleven in a season. It's just because they're they're just bad enough to go six and eleven, which is very very possible if they don't get this offensive coordinator hiring right, and if those play, I mean Cam Hayward retires, they can't find a, a like maybe Benton's his replacement, but you know other guys you know leave you know whether it be free agency or you know however else, and that defense isn't quite what it used to be, and that offense doesn't get figured out, then yeah they could be heading for. A terrible time, and 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 again, you know, the chances that the I mean, Kenny could still be the guy, but the chances that they were going to go from Ben Roethlisberger to franchise quarterback, yeah. it's it's a pretty pretty un, unlikely scenario. It's a again, low percentage chance. To it succeed. could still happen. Kenny could still be that guy. I'm not saying that he can't. I've not seen enough of it to to say that yet, and that's a compl- that's a discussion for a con- for another day. We've had that discussion a lot this year. That's a com- but that's a completely different discussion. What I'm saying is is that they have to get, like the most important thing that has to happen once these five five, five games four four games four are games. done, 
four games are done. You got to figure this has to be a well-vetted hiring process to get the right guy to make sure that the offense that takes the field in 2024 is a 2024 NFL offense. Yeah. Not a 2014, not a 2017, not a 2020, a 2024 offense, something that will test defenses for how they are trying to defend offenses in today's NFL. That's not what this offense is. It's one of the many reasons why they're terrible on offense and why it, it really doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Their ceiling is here yeah. when it could be here if they had a better system. Yeah. Let's, let us let me put it this way, okay? If the, if the season ended today, the Steelers would be at about the pick, you know, 19 to 24 range, okay? In that range, just based on their record right now. They're 7-6. The team that is uh, currently 7-6 that has the highest – First round pick as of right now is Houston. Now that pick's going to Arizona, but that would be the 15th pick in the draft. So let's say the Steelers lose out and they get somewhere between pick 12 and 15, 12 and 19. Mm-hmm. You have to look at quarterback there, right? Yeah, like you would think sure. that, think about it Daniels, May, Williams, McCarthy, Penix. One of those five will be there. So um, you would think, or you could at least you're at least close enough where you could trade up and not have to give up too much capital to get up and get one of those guys. Correct. Correct. So point uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. And listen, I, I think they need to address quarterback this off season, no matter what, like, yeah, it, be, because, because whoever the new OC is, will have his own system. will have his own, his own playbook, his own, you know, ideas and philosophies. And they need to make sure that they have a quarterback situation. And they need to also push Kenny. Because yep. two years of Kenny, we have not seen nearly enough. We need to see more. They need to put a situation in place where they're like, we need like ur- create urgency there. Push him a little bit. Give him a yes. nudge. Give him a nudge. Yep. All right. We ran long today for good yeah, reason, I think. Really, really long. But, uh, <laughs> but we're going to get out of here. DK and Ramon are coming up in about 10 minutes. We're going to have plenty more conversation tomorrow after – uh, a practice. Uh, it's a full day back on the south side tomorrow. Everything's pushed up a day. Um, so so practice tomorrow. Coordinators will be Wednesday. Final practice Thursday. Off Friday. Game Saturday. Um, Chris and I will be back tomorrow, 3 p.m. same time, uh, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube for a live south side beat. Reminder to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. DK and Ramon coming up in about 10 minutes. So stay yeah. tuned for the bell. We appreciate you all for tuning in. 200 people in here right now live. That's amazing. We appreciate you you all. We love you all. And uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow. So he's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Crisson. This has been the Southside Beat. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers.